Not ready? Too bad. Face forward, head back, and hold on like you mean it. Welcome to Review Time's Theme Parkcast. This is a weekly show where we discuss all the ins and outs of attractions and theme parks from around the world. My name is Dom and I will be your host today as we explore Walt Disney World's water parks. No, we're not talking about the lakes, you can't go in those. We're talking about the two paid attractions that you can go to and we'll get into details about Typhoon Lagoon and Blizzard Beach a little bit later on. But first, I've got to bring in my co-host, the man who's not very excited about this episode, because he's got a bit of a dry wit. It's Review Time co-host, Luke Carroll. That's not really what dry wit means. It's because <laughs> he's a fan of dry humour. <laughs> there we go. Hey, it's me, Dom's co-host, Review Time Luke. A fan of dry wit, apparently. We, there, there must be like some episodes where people like lean in. They're like, yes, yes, and then they oh, just the setup. The setup's good. Where, oh, come on, where's the payoff? Ah, yep, that wasn't worth it. Falling flat on its face. But today we're talking about Walt Disney World water parks. Luke, you lived at yeah. uh, Walt Disney World when they had water parks. Yeah, and. We got in for free, kind of, mm. because you, as a cast member, you didn't get in for free, like, at the busiest time of year, but you did pretty much any other time of year. So you didn't get in for free. I believe it was kind of for two months, like the second half of June, all of July, and the first half of August, you didn't get in as a cast member. I think you could get, like, 50% off tickets huh? because those were pretty much the only times the water parks were busy. Yeah. But outside of that, you could get in as much as you want as a uh, as a cast member. I think I only went like three times. Yeah, I it, it I think, wasn't something yeah. whenever I contacted you that you're like, yes, I am at Typhoon Lagoon. <laughs> I guess it's sort of that thing I'm that back. even people who are traveling to Walt Disney World, these are one of those things that you just kind of do if you have extra time. Like yeah, it's and nothing- it's kind of... <laughs> It's, I've noticed it's built into a lot of the kind of European and United Kingdom ticket packages that mm. they get exclusively. So for I, those packages are a good deal if you're from those countries. You know, it's it's something ridiculous, like two weeks of park entry, park hopper tickets, mm. depending on, you know, if that comes back. But they still have the, you know, post 2 p.m., whatever it is currently, park hopper. Yeah. That for the t- full time you're there entry to the water parks for the entire time you're there as many rounds of the mini golf for the entire time you're there entry Jeez. to ESPN wild uh, wide world of sports for the entire time you're there and it's such a special deal it works out like cheaper than a 10 day park hopper ticket is for a US based guest to oh, buy wow. sort of thing like it's See- designed to trap people at Walt Disney World for the entire duration of their trip so for mm. them to be like, well, there's four parks. So even if we spend two days at each park, oh, well, there's only eight things. Let's go to Universal Studios for the other six days. But Disney would rather go, no, come to the water parks, go to ESPN, go to this. We'll make it so cheap that if you want to go to Universal, it's going to add another $10,000 onto your trip where this is only going to add an extra $200 onto your trip. Well, that's what happened to us. When I went to Walt Disney World for my honeymoon in 2019, which I feel like I've talked about 80,000 times on this (laughs) podcast, like every time I mention it, people are like, oh my gosh, we get it. But we were going to go to Universal because we kind of hit a point where every park was just ungodly busy and we were just, we were done. And then we looked up and like on Twitter and all that, and they're like, come to Universal. There's no one here. So we're like, oh, let's, let's organize to head over there. But then we looked at it and like a one day pass for the two of us was going to cost us about 500 Australian dollars for the two Mm. of us. Yeah. Because it was around. The park up is quite crazy there. Mm. Uh, pricing wise. I don't think it's that crazy compared to Walt Disney World, but it's, yeah, I want to say 160 or something US for a one day park hopper at Universal Studios Orlando, which is a great park. And it'd be that crazy thing where it's like, yeah, from $160, uh, there's one day, weekday, a Tuesday 
in the middle of March, <laughs> and that's the only day it's hundreds. It's one hundred eighty-five dollars essentially any other time. And then you got to figure out, you know, when I used to go to Universal Orlando, mm. I had a season pass, so it was fine. But even still, if you wanted to go, and you didn't have a friend who wanted to go with you who had a car, it was you know twenty US dollars each way in an Uber. By the time you get there, you buy your tickets, you buy food, you buy any merchandise, you'd be looking at six, seven, eight hundred US uh, Australian dollars for a one day trip for two people just to Universal Orlando. And that's what Disney's always had this keep people on site. That's why Hmm. once you get, I don't know if it's still the same, but it used to be, you know, when you get to six, seven, eight days in your multi day pass, it becomes like, $10 extra to add an extra day instead of $150 to go to Universal for one day. Yeah, it just becomes that thing like this is all part of Disney's master plan Mm. to try and ensure that people just remain on property. And I guess in a way, Universal's kind of priced themselves out of the people who just hop over for a day from Disney. It would be cooler if they had something where it's like, hey, you're staying at Disney, come over, get a cheaper pass. If you can prove it, then you'll get cheaper things. And we were happy to spend a lot of money, but just, just not that amount of money. And, and the, the weird so, thing is, like, an annual pass is only, like, I think the two, the kind of, I can't remember. It's mm. the top tier annual pass is maybe, like, five $600. Yeah. But just the preferred pass where you kind of blocked out in summer and those sort of things, I think is only, like, three fifty four hundred. dollars mm. So a two-day pass, like, two single day park tickets is the same as an annual pass yeah the pricing's really weird at universal it's a great park i love it but yeah if you kind of need to quick while we're here if you have the money if you have the time the best way to do universal is like three days on site at a deluxe hotel Because, no, this is going to no, sound crazy. Just, we, we started this podcast and it's like, yes, we're going we're gonna to try and keep on trying. <laughs> this is, By the way, if you're This saying- is a little bit of a tip. <laughs> if you've got the money and you really just want to do Universal the right way, it's going to sound expensive. Two, like, two nights on site at a deluxe hotel. The deluxe hotels are like 350 a night. It's not that much compared to a Disney deluxe, which is six, 700 but the deluxe hotels get you express pass when you're in the parks. Express pass costs 130 US dollars a day per person. So you're you're essentially paying 50 bucks for the hotel if you were going to get express pass anyway. Which True. if you're doing a once in a lifetime trip, you know, if you're coming from Australia mm. to go it's cheaper to do two days with Express Pass at Universal than to spread it over five days and do the same amount of stuff. That's fair. I yeah. dig that. There you go. There's my little travel agent tip of the week. For But we'll get back to the water parks. We'll give a but shout that- out as well to <laughs> Michael. No, he's the guy who recommended. Oh no, we I thought you were going to be episode. like, we'll get back to the water parks. But by the way, whilst you're in uh, <laughs> Orlando, make sure that you definitely check out SeaWorld. So we're going to talk about SeaWorld for ten for minutes, three hours. Um, Bush no, Gardens, yeah, Lego yep. No, Bush Gardens <laughs> isn't in Orlando, but it is worth oh, the true, trip. True, it's about sorry. an hour away. It's a Tampa, uh, but yeah, Michael uh, over on Instagram, Michael does uh, give us the idea for this week's episode. Mm. So thank you if you do have thank any you, ideas Michael. you would like to hear us talk about get in touch with us on any of our social medias we like we love ideas because it's something interesting we know you at least one person out there wants to hear this episode so hopefully you enjoy it it takes the weight off us having to uh, exactly. having to think <laughs> so i guess we'll, we'll jump into typhoon lagoon what we're talking about is all relevant because where it sort of factors in is these were invented by michael eisner not invented the but they were sort of the spearheaded by him the because they were part of keeping people on property so we had that experience where we were going to go to universal but then we're like look it's going to be that expensive let's just go to disney springs and so we yep. went to Disney Springs and then we hung out there it and worked. we paid money to Disney. So at the end of the day, they want these things to keep you around as well as you're saying they've got, you know, really cheap passes that you can just add on for like an additional 10 or $20 whilst you're there. Mm. So I remember when I was with you, um, I stayed for two weeks, but I specifically had a couple of days off. 
and I had a 10-day yeah. pass. I think you had a 10, if, yeah. If I wanted to, I could have added another one for like 20 US dollars. It's ridiculous once you no, hit that I think that it's that point. weird thing where US can only buy a 10-day ticket. Oh, really? Anything over 10 days, I believe, is only available to people from outside the US. Oh, well, have a drink, everyone, because um, sip, Luke sip, just sip. corrected me on something. Well, let, um, so well, currently, we... I just, I'm just looking it up. Currently, hmm. for a 14-day ultimate ticket, which is the one that has the four theme parks, the two water parks, hmm. um, you get a, a magic band and Ooh. a photo pass as well, with that currently costs 600 US dollars for somebody who's in the UK. What? That's ridiculous. <laughs> a 14-day ticket. Uh, you, so if you were to buy just a 10-day ticket mm. direct um, from Disney World with the park hopper option, of course, and you say yeah. you wanted to start on a random day, costs you, before tax, 640 US dollars. Oh, and that's for 10 so days? So you're coming from the UK, you essentially get four days for free, plus the water parks, plus the mini golf, plus the ESPN zone chucked in for free just because you're coming oh, yeah. from the UK. <laughs> Have Which you, ever you can get that- in Australia. You can actually get those deals really? in Australia. If you use um, attractiontickets.com, mm. uh, that's what we use when we were meant to go to Florida last year. And they've been pretty good with refunds and everything like that. So I will give them a shout out for that. Attractiontickets.com. You can use it in Australia. You can just buy that. You just have to pay whatever the Great British pound price is. So it ends uh, up, okay. you know, 850 Australian dollars-ish for that 14-day ticket. That's not bad compared if you buy direct through Disney. It's going to cost you the same for less. <laughs> That's true. Maybe, yeah. look, we, we should have an episode one day which is like saving money when going to Disney theme parks because yeah. whilst it's all very interesting, I'm sure people are sitting there going, but what about the water <laughs> park? So do we want to jump into the, the first one that which opened yeah. on June 1st, 1989? I don't think that, yeah, it's crazy to me that the water parks are that old. Mm. I, I can't like imagine They're them. older than us. That well, doesn't, like, to me, actually, that seems weird. We've only mentioned two water parks on here, but there is a third water park, which doesn't exist anymore. It did used to exist, um, which was River Country, which we're not going to talk about today because we're only talking about the ones which are open. I think River Country could probably Mm. be an episode of its own. Um, Yeah. But it was basically, it was the first water park opened at Walt Disney World. It was kind of built out of necessity to just keep up with demand that was coming into that resort complex. And so it was built really quickly. It was built to sort of work off the lake. Yeah, it was built at the Fort Fort Wilderness campgrounds there, Mm. which were trying to add that, you know, campground experience at Walt Disney World. And a lot of campgrounds have pools and, you know, slides. It wasn't a full water park like you're expecting with huge water slides and stuff like that. It mostly was like a watering hole Kind of, you know, rope swings, a few little slides, stuff like that. But this Typhoon Lagoon 1989, this is the first big Disney water park. There was a time there where both of them existed together, Mm. but it just got to a stage where they're like, there's no real need to have River Country anymore. It's tiny. It can only have a small capacity a day where Typhoon Lagoon and Blizzard Beach can just absorb guests, essentially. It was one of those where heading into the 90s, I believe River Country was, like, consistently just at capacity. Like, people mm-hmm. would want to go there. And there was this rumour that I always hear, and I it always comes up in videos where they're like, oh, River Country was actually attached to the lake. It wasn't. Yeah. Not technically. It used yeah. filtered water from the lake. Yeah. But it had like this weird inflatable barrier that looked like it extended into the yeah. lake. It was really interesting. It's like it water was, could I think flow the water out, could, yeah, but it couldn't in. come back in. Yeah. So it was sort of elevated up in such a way. And a lot of people were like, oh, but like, it's. Yeah. Mm, I, I was watching a video the other day and they're like, someone died at Walt Disney World because of the water from the lake came in. And it was it was unrelated, but um, yeah. someone did die from a, a 
brain-eating amoeba, which is yeah. in all water everywhere. So watch your nose, because that yep. thing's <laughs> scary. Anyway, <Yep>. so, <laughs> June 1st, 1989, Typhoon Lagoon opens. And if this follows a period in Michael Eisner's history where he just decided everything needed insane elaboration. So do you want me mm-hmm. to go through the novel of a story yeah. for Typhoon and Lagoon? And this is the, the, ba- the backstory era, shall we say. And mm. my favourite thing about it is... No guess would A, pretty much know that this is the backstory, or B, care that this is the backstory, because they just want to splish to splash around a water park. The biggest culprit of this was Pleasure Island, which oh, is yeah. apparently based off this man and his family who crashed into an island with their boat, and then they got stranded there, so they set up these facilities, and then they turned them into... They got rediscovered and turned into nightclubs, so the sail-making facility became, like, a, a dance club. And, you know, just when you're there, rocking the night away, it's 11.30 at night, you've had a few bevies with the boys, mm. you're dancing, dancing your troubles away, and you just... You know that they'd be thinking deep down, wow, this used to be a sail-making facility. Can you believe it? <laughs> It's just one of those things that you know, there was this period where everything had that. It's like, you know, even Space Mountain at Walt Disney World. It's like, oh, it's connected to the arcade, which yeah. it used extra power the from power, the power yeah. plant and all that. And it's like, no, like, it's nice. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. It's nice, but no one cares. Yeah, I think it's cool, but it's cool to us. Mm. Who notices or cares as a normal guest? Which... I'm not complaining that for once they did something for, you know, the the deep, deep, deep Mm. fans, but it seems like a lot of time and effort for not much payoff. Oh, 100%. So this is three Mm. paragraphs. I'll go through it because it's all... yeah, it's necessary to kind of understand the story that's going on. But, Mm -hmm. uh, well, let's lay out what you see just for context because I I guess when without the visuals it can be a little bit confusing so when you first walk into typhoon lagoon you see this giant mountain um Mm. you've then got this boat on top of the mountain and everything looks like it's just really damaged and has been repaired so uh Mm -hmm. with that context a furious storm once roared across the sea catching ships in its past helpless to flee. oh my gosh it rhymes are you (sighs) Instead of a certain and watery doom, the wind swept them to Typhoon Lagoon. That same fictitious storm from 1955, known as Hurricane Connie, inflicted near total destruction on the nearby island belonging to the descendants of Meriwether Adam Pleasure as well. It's canon. It's It's all canon. It's connected. This is Society of Explorers and Adventurers before (laughs) Society of Explorers and Adventurers. Connecting the pieces. (laughs) It all matches up. So the fabled typhoon drastically changed the small Placid Palms Resort Village and to make matters worse, a resultant earthquake and volcanic eruption left the community almost in complete ruins. This, this is, is like, the, the, you know, any of those disaster films from that, when that was the big thing in Hollywood where it's like, you can't get worse, it can't get worse. <laughs> oh no, an earthquake. Oh no, a volcanic eruption. So surfboards, fishing gear, boats and other nautical isle, uh, items were flung wildly throughout the area. Trees toppled not only onto some of the buildings, but into them as well. One old ship tanker was completely overturned, but today guests can walk into it and through the portholes see sharks and nearby 2,000 fish swimming by in a man-made reef. Moment of silence. (laughs) That's that's gone. But we did that when it was still there. (laughs) Well, I think both of these water parks still haven't opened since COVID. Uh, Blizzard has. Typhoon Lagoon literally looks like a real typhoon hit it. Oh, There's like dirty water everywhere. Part of the mountain's fallen down. Yeah. Oh, no, isn't it like they're doing, I remember hearing something, oh, we'll finish the story first and then we'll come back to yeah. that. Uh, many species of marine life, not necessarily native to the area, were deposited in the surrounding waters by the wind and water. Even a pair of jaws from the fictional Sharkus Gigantus, reminiscent of an <laughs> actual prehistoric shark known as the Megalodon, washed up on the beach. Did you just highlight Sharkus Gigantus? <laughs> 
<laughs> the plucky inhabitants use their ill fortune to transform Placid Palms Resort into the Lean-In Palms Resort, referencing the yeah. fact that some of the remaining palm trees were almost completely uprooted. The local residents resourcefully rebuilt their town as best they could with the flotsam and jetsam of found objects. The much-beloved Walt Disney engineer Randy Bright summarised the effect back in the 1980s. Upon entering Typhoon Lagoon, guests find themselves in a ramshackle, tin-roofed island village landscape with cargo, surfboards, and other marine wreckage left by the Great Storm. So are, are, are you ready? Do you, want me to, do you want me to sum it up? Yeah. Even quicker than that? Uh, a storm hit, and now you're at the, the water parks where the storm hit. Which is very similar to Blizzard Beach, <laughs> yeah. where a different storm hit, and now you're at the water park where a different storm hit. Yeah. So it's essentially like a big storm hit, and then it picked up a boat, and then it crunched the boat into the mountain, and then other stuff happened, and these they've come in and kind of turned it into a water park instead. I think there's a crocodile who's mm. like the mascot for some reason of the park. I don't know if he owns this Leaning Palms Resort. Or whatever it is, but I think it's cool. This Crocodiles sounds lame, but are, I think this not theme the, is cool. The not the best. I think he's an alligator, technically. Oh yeah, true, because it's Florida. Yeah, he has a silly name. Let me see if I can find it. I well, think I'll... there's a brother. There's a brother for him at the other one. Yeah, so there uh, are. Yes, his name is Laguna Gator. Oh, Disney, <laughs> simmer down. <laughs> <laughs> and isn't there something about Santa Claus? Oh no, I'm I'm looking no, at something the else. Other one. That's a golf course. So yeah. should we go through Winter um, Summerland, which has a, to- an equally silly backstory about this is Christmas and summer combined for some reason. This is what Santa's holiday house looks like. Yeah, <laughs> I see. <laughs> well, do we want to tell this is the same era? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Michael Eisner, it's I'm. Yeah, it's just one of those things where he was so insistent on the story. Whereas nowadays, hmm. you just have things where it's like, oh, Disney Springs? Yeah, that's meant to look like four suburbs. Yeah. It's like they don't e- they're not even meant to connect. It's like, well, oh, the they're just suburbs. The backstory is literally, you've seen this movie, right? Mm. Yeah, fair. <laughs> Star Wars. I guess Could the you- one time they've tried to do different recently is Galaxy's Edge. Mm. Everyone's just kind of like, huh? I don't get it. Like, they uh, almost went too far into, well, people get it, but they're like, I don't like it because it's tied to an IP, where this is yeah. a completely original story, and that's what, it's kind of cool. Like, I guess that's the interesting thing that Disney does now, where it's like, hey, he is an original story presented through the world of intellectual property. But as you were saying, this has nothing to do with intellectual property. This is just Yay. a water park. And there is what a no water park IP it is. at all. No. I don't think it, neither of them have IP. I, there's like sometimes where they'll be like, oh, come and celebrate the Phineas and Ferb Summer Splashtacular mm. event only at Typhoon Lagoon. But it'll be, you know, meet the characters and they'll play the music or something like that. But that'll be it. This is yeah. no IP. Would, would I would say that this is kind of the better water park if you're looking for what would you say more thrills? And well, Blizzard think- is the better one for families. We should probably talk about after we say what's in them. Yeah, well, that, that's the little teaser. I would say <laughs> this is the better one for thrills because we'll start at number one, the wave pool that. My girlfriend is absolutely terrified of, and mm. I'm sure she's not the only one. As an Aussie who grew up with the beach, I love the wave pool here. Oh, yeah. But if you grew up inland America or wherever, you know, you're from in the world and you're not used to big waves, this is kind of terrifying. 100%. So I think what we'll do, similar to what we do with our um, our theme park episodes where we go through a map and talk about the attractions, we'll start with number one, uh, which is Typhoon Lagoon Surf Pool. Now, this is this is not crazy. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's not a surf pool. A, it's not a wave pool. And that's the thing that is very hard to fathom how big these waves can get. So yeah. they're six-foot swells, and they sort of go in this cycle. You can hear it coming because there's like a... <laughs> and then water starts coming out of uh, Miss Tilly, is it? Yeah. 
Yeah, and then that's, yeah, that's when the this on the mountain. huge wave comes out of this really sort of narrow canal. You can't even get anywhere near it because all of the lifeguards yeah. are like, don't, beep, beep, you'll beep, beep. die. Blow the whistle. <laughs> the amount of times you got a little bit close and they're just like, nah, get back. Like, get out of there. It is one of those things where as you're there, you're like, this is dangerous. Like, yeah, and it's the weird... <laughs> the thing where most wave pools are just kind of, you know, little waves consistently mm. and you just kind of bob around. This will be like one monster wave every 30 seconds when the waves are on. Yeah. And in the like in the mornings, these waves are so big, you can actually book out an experience to surf them with a proper surfboard. Oh. So that shows you the size of these waves. Okay, I didn't actually know that. I, yeah. Oh, actually, yeah, it says here, learn to surf without going yep. to the ocean. Well, thank mm-hmm. goodness, because the ocean is terrifying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this is probably one of the most memorable things about this water park. Like, I've been to a couple water parks, and this wave pool just puts all wave pools to mm. shame. Like, you go to any others, and it's like, oh, boy, I'm bobbing up and down. Yeah. You go and to this one. I can one, touch the water. You can't touch the water at the back of this. No. And you got to go through. You've. Got, I don't know if you've ever been to an Australian beach, but you get the same experience where the wave's going to break at one point mm. and you've got to make a choice. Are you going to go through the wave or over <laughs> the top? And if you make that choice at the wrong moment, you're going to get smashed by the wave. You we, can get smashed a, uh... by this wave. You, we have a particular term in Australia when you get smashed by a wave. It's called eating something, uh, but we won't mention <laughs> it because we've got an E rating on the Apple iTunes and I want to keep it that way. Um, uh, what it's, I just, I can't get over how big this is. And when you look up yeah. how wave pools actually work, you think, oh, it's probably some sophisticated system with, a, no, it's literally just Slap. a giant concrete yeah. block that they <laughs> splash into the water with such force mm-hmm. that it just pushes the water out. And yeah. you can see the mechanism in some, like if you look up the uh, parks construction or if you look up yeah. how wave pools work you can sort of see smaller versions but this one just has a big like foom if you've ever had like a, a boogie board in a pool and you sort of do that thing where you like splash <laughs> and have the water just like go over and under version of that and yeah it's basically just a giant boogie board and yeah. the person holding the- it is hydraulics <laughs> the the thing about this is as well this is kind of the first thing you see really mm. You, you, you kind of go through the entrance and then you you weave around these paths and then it almost reveals itself like the castle. This mountain yeah. with the boat on top and then in front of it, this monstrous wave pool. And if you walk in at the wrong point, you may walk back out the other way if you're scared of water because that would be a terrifying thing. You know, this isn't just a... Layback Larry wave pool. Mm. This has got to be on a point. They've actually got an offshoot part to the side designed where the waves don't hit you. Like they get broken <laughs> before they hit you just so there's somewhere to stand and not get smashed. I feel sorry for any of the lifeguards at this park because I could imagine that mm. they would have a, a very big job cut out for them. The, yeah. <laughs> so I guess moving on from the wave pool, because I highly recommend, like, if you have the chance, look up a video of it. It is just insane. Number two on the attraction. Now, I will say that with this park, I've been here. We spent about half a day here, if yeah, I remember. We did both in one day when we mm. did the water parks together. So we did the half day at Typhoon, half day at Blizzard Beach. But we still did pretty much everything at those two parks. We were there in September, yeah. which is still disgustingly hot in Florida. So it was still a perfect time to go to a water park. But it was dead. It was easy. It wasn't like, oh, we just did the best of. We could we did the entire park apart from it, like the stuff we didn't want to do yeah, in that and time. There's not a huge amount to experience. That's the other thing that we'll sort of preface with this is that if you do want to experience all of the water parks and you don't have a lot of time, you can easily do them in one day. If it's sort yeah. of in the quieter period, I'd imagine that midsummer these would just be absolutely smashed. But I I like them. I think they're cool. Yeah. But I'll sort of give my they're final good thoughts on them later. As well. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think two is probably the second most unique thing in the park mm. because it doesn't sound it from the start because it's just a lazy river. But the lazy river wraps around kind of this inner ring of the park and you can almost use it to transport around parts of the park. Yeah, so there are like... It encircles the entire wave pool and then the slides are on the outside of that. So there's Mm. essentially two rings of the park. You've got the wave pool in the middle. Surrounding that is the lazy river. And then on the outside of where all the slides are. So if you're on one side of the park, you can go, oh, I'll jump in the lazy river, float around to the other side, get off and then go on the rides that are on that half of the park. Mm. It's like, this is one of those things that, as I was remembering when you when you sent through the email from, it was Michael? Matthew? Mm-hmm. Michael? Michael. Matthew Michael. Uh, when you sent it <laughs> through, I was like, oh, what do I remember? And I re- have this vivid memory of a... Uh, just a, a bob along. I forget the name of them. What are they called? Lazy River. Lazy River. I was going to say the. A bob along. <laughs> I just got this memory of a little bit of a bob along, which Disney did used to have bob along boats. Have you ever seen oh, those? No. There used to be these round boats, mm. literally completely round, that floated around the lagoon out the front of the Magic Kingdom. Oh. You could hire them and they had little um, outboard motors stuck Uh, in the middle of them and you could like control it with that. I want to rent a boat at Walt Disney World one day. They're back. They're back yeah. as if, as if, if, in like a week's time. Rumours were that that would never be offered again, but they're back as of pretty soon when this podcast comes out, I would say. So, yay, we can we can go live <laughs> our Seven Seas adventure on the Seven Seas Lagoon. You know what it would be for us, though? We would be going like, oh, do you see that rotten pole over there? That's part of the old wave mechanism that used to go we'd, to the Grand Floridian. Yeah. <laughs> we'd drive straight to that point where the wave machine is and we'd be like, look at that, look at that wave machine right there. And everyone's like, can we, like, boat around? It's like, no, we're looking no, at the wave machine. We've got, we got 20 cameras out. We're taking pictures, getting videos. <laughs> I saw it was before 3D, uh, like 360 cameras came out and it was at a gaming convention where someone had a a stick with six DSLRs on it pointing in different directions. And that's what we've got with like holding it out over the boat. poor man's arm. Uh, Dude was probably looked like the Incredible Hulk after that weekend. (laughs) But uh, bringing it back. So this park has a, a fair few slides and a few mm. rafts, which I believe some of the rafts made their way to, uh, was it Wet yeah. and Wild? <laughs> Wet and Wild at the Gold Coast has some of the old Typhoon Lagoon rafts from um, their, like, water coaster or something. Mm. It's the only place I've ever seen this theme because it's themed to, like, crates. So they'll have, like, a crate print and then, like, bananas or something yeah. on the side of it. And they just randomly showed up one day at an Australian theme, uh, an Australian water park. It was Wet and Wild Gold Coast, if I remember yeah. correctly. You were just like, "Wait a minute!" Neither and I was like, "What?" And game. you're like, "This is no." It was at Dreamworld, wasn't it? Because it was the Hydro Coaster. No, because they they use different uh, types of tech. The two Hydro, ah, okay. the Dreamworld Hydro Coaster and the Typhoon one. Well, I'm um, I'm but- wrong. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, they they do randomly shove. Um, we don't need to go through every water no. attraction. The kind of ones I remember is over in like number five area. Mm. If you see it on the map, it's kind of uh, to the left of the waterfall. I remember on one of those one time it flipped me out, and then I managed to like get <gasps> back in the raft. That's like the only memory I have of that. There were um, some here that were fairly intense, if I remember yeah. correctly. Like. There were a few that were like, wow, that's amazing. I'm not doing that again. Tom, please get the name correct. It's not just intense. It's the Humunga Cowabunga. (laughs) Plummet down Mount Mayday on a five-story body slide. Drop in the dark. That's the highest. Yeah, that's the most thrilling slide they have. It's just a steep body slide and you kind of climb up the mountain and then you slide down the mountain. That's the one I remember where I was like, that was fun. Let's not do it again. <laughs> well, also, I, I remember we. The, it's not the most thrilling ride, though, at the two water parks. We'll talk mm. about that one a little bit later. 
Um, yeah. Anything else you remember? There's another couple of things I do. There was a shark experience that we yeah. did at this park, which I don't believe is there anymore. But basically what it no, was. No, it's not. You got snorkels. And this was back mm. in the day that just no one questioned anything. It was like, hey, <laughs> throw your snorkels in this box of chlorine. And then you would just peel <laughs> it out and some shove it in your mouth and be like. Snorkels <laughs> <laughs> so then you would like snorkel through this sort of little shark experience and they're like, watch out for the spooky sharks, but they're like little guppy shark sort of yeah. things. Um, bite you. And it was very strict. I remember it was like, get your thing on. Don't swim around. Swim straight across mm. the pool. And the other thing, the pool was freezing cold. Oh, yeah. It was disgustingly <laughs> cold. I remember just being like, oh, this is great. <laughs> But it was really unique, and that's what it really st- – it's a shame it's not there anymore because it was – literally you could swim with sharks at a Walt Disney mm. World water park. I believe it like, was around near where, if you go, probably this means nothing for anyone listening who hasn't been, but Typhoon Tilly's. <laughs> also, have yeah, you ever thought that there are people who new... probably listen to this podcast to fall asleep? Oh, hello to you. Scare them? Yeah. Boom. Get away. Oh, no. Now they've got insomnia, Luke. What have oh, you done? I can't sleep. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, in its place, I don't know if it's the exact same place, but it's very similar. There's now a new, like, family raft ride called mm. Misadventure Falls. Ha! Good name. Oh. Um, but that is tied to the Society of Explorers and Adventurers, that attraction, and has an animatronic in it. Oh, which is one of the first like uh, water park attractions I know of that has animatronic. Yeah, so this is like an animatronic bird. Yeah, and it's like, yo, I'm a bird, um, and it just sort of says things to you as you go up this slide. <laughs> it's the bird of Mary Oceaneer, who is the Society of Explorers and Adventurers member that the Oceaneers Lab on the Disney Cruise Line is named after. Which oh. is a, is Michael Eisner back? Did he come up with this story that every guest ever is going to understand? You know that I scene. feel Society of Explorers and Adventurers is, is today's little, hey, fans, oh. wink, wink, hey, fans, look at this logo. You know this logo, don't you? Wink, wink, but it doesn't detract from a guest who would not give two flips about what it is. They'd be like, oh, cool. And then that's when someone runs up to you and says, oh, but did you know that if, if you look at this symbol and then correlate it to this theme park and look at it in the right direction on the Sunday, the day. and it's like, <laughs> it actually shows this and that connects this park with this cruise line. And people are like, what? I don't care. I, I'm here to enjoy water rides. <laughs> uh, and then I think the last memorable one is uh, the Crushing Gusher, which is a water coaster sponsored mm. by Chiquita. Which oh, is, yes. It's, it's banana themed. It's themed to like the banana factory that used to be on the island or something bizarre. Okay. That's where the, the, That's where um, the crates come from? Yeah. Oh. The ones that are now in Australia because they're themed to be banana crates. I think the ones in Australia are like pineapples too. So I'm mm. not sure if they changed it so that they only have the banana ones now that it's sponsored by Chiquita or it's always been sponsored by Chiquita and it had various types of fruit. But there is a banana themed ride. And these are probably the funnest thing in the park. I remember when we yeah. were there, there's three of them, I believe. And we just, it was so quiet and they were so fun. We just went up and did all three. We yeah, get I- down, walk back up, do another one, walk back up, do another one. <laughs> I remember these and there was, I believe there was like a European couple that we were sort of not following, but they were kind of mm. we were just always in the same area. And it was always that thing where we'd go into a slide and they'd be like, ah, oh, you guys again. Hello again. <laughs> and I just, for some reason, I have this vague memory of a European couple and the crushing <laughs> gusher. <laughs> so that's, that's my extent of uh, Typhoon Lagoon. I will point out that this is one of those... Things where it's like, if you go to Walt Disney World, whilst this is an amazing water park, like this is one of the best water parks mm. you can go to. I haven't been to the new one at Universal. It's probably, uh, you know, very similar to this, but probably a bit more elaborated. This is one of those things where it's like, yes, it's an amazing themed water park, but it's still a water park. 
Yeah, at the end of the day. It's- the best theme water park in the world is still a water park. It's still, if you don't like a water park, it's not going to convince you uh, any otherwise. Mm. But Dom, you know what might convince you? So what? guess how many locations at this water park you can get alcohol. Oh, how many? Seven. Oh. Seven locations you can get alcohol at a park that only has 12 attractions. Well, that's just, <laughs> you can go to an attraction, then walk between it and get a Bev. This was Which, made this for international <laughs> tourists, Luke. Yeah, uh, sorry, as a college program member or international program like I did, once a year they would have what's called Starlit Splash which is when the entire park would be booked out just for cast members, a.k.a. you yep, you know what's probably going to happen after they all leave mm. because it was not just cast members, sorry, college program members. <laughs> and this was like the hottest ticket in town. If you managed to put in your unavailability for this night that Starlit Splash was on mm. and it got approved... You were the king of college program. You were the queen of college program because this was like the, you know, the park was open for just college program. So it was super quiet. The free food, free drinks, free merch, free, like as many Mickey ice creams as you can eat. Um, Jeez. And you just nighttime water park for like five hours or whatever it was. Whoa. People went crazy for it. I didn't get to go because I didn't get the time off. It didn't get approved. I was watching the electrical parade for the 3,600th <laughs> time instead of enjoying Starlit Splash. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry that you never got to experience that, but you did get to experience <laughs> Night of Joy from oh, uh, the cast member perspective. Cast we, the best part. Where you almost uh, died. <laughs> our favourite thing, we've got to give a shout out to the best named things in the park, yep. including Let's Go Slurpin. I was literally about to say The adult <laughs> beverage hut. The surf doggies, the hot dog stand, and then shout out to our boy Lou at Low Tide Lou's. Cold sandwiches, <laughs> ice creams, beer, wine, sodas, and frozen adult specialty beverages. You also missed out on Hammerhead Fred. Oh, Fred and Lou, the king and king <laughs> of Typhoon Lagoon. Oh. But, and, the, of course, there is one merchandise location, Singapore Sal's. And it's, like, right at the front as well. Yeah, it's AK. Oh, whoops, I forgot my towel. So to sort like, of that's put what it it's for. into perspective, this entire, I, I guess, water park has 23 points of interest. Mm. With 12 of those, oh no, sorry, nine of those <laughs> being either bars or restaurants. <laughs> so yeah. you can sort of gather like, you know, there's, it's definitely enough to fill half a day, but yeah. it's, don't plan to do a full day at these. But I guess, should we move on? The best to thing you Blizzard could do Beach? is if you were going to do, and it makes it difficult because you're going to be all salty, but Typhoon Lagoon is really, really close to Disney Springs. Mm, true. It'd be the perfect if you don't mind being you're salty or you're happy to have a quick shower in the changing rooms. It'd be the perfect thing to do, you know, at like get there at 10, 11 o'clock, mm. have lunch, do some slides, finish up at four, five o'clock in the afternoon and head straight over to Disney Springs for the night. Like yeah. you didn't want this trying to go to two because I remember when remember we didn't have a car or anything when we were trying to go to the water parks. We couldn't get an express bus or something, right? Didn't we have to go somewhere, tra- transfer, and then get another bus? Yes, I remember this. So we had a... There was a time that we had a car and we went to Taco Bell. I don't remember why. Um, but well, uh, Bobby, my partner, she had a car. And the only time we ever used it was when we went to Taco Bell... <laughs> Which we weren't meant to go to Taco Bell. We're trying to go to Wendy's, the twenty-four hour Wendy's. That they looked shocked when we walked in because apparently it was closed, even though out the front said open twenty-four-seven. It had the open twenty-four-seven side, and it was like a skit. We this is yeah. completely off track, but I need to tell this story now. So we <laughs> rock up to Wendy's. We've we just finished. I think it was like our. Day at it was Epcot, one of the, we were pretty... It was a late park day. It would have been like, you know, say a midnight park close or something like mm. that with extra magic hours, you know. I believe Bobby had just finished work. Yeah. 
and she came to pick us up. And we're like, oh, let's get drive through Wendy's on the way home. And mm. it was one of those sketchy kind of I-4 Wendy's where the big <laughs> mermaid and the big wizard gift shop are. It was that Wendy's. Mm. And so we went there and we, we're sort of looking at the drive through and we're like, oh, it's all a bit empty. This is weird. But we pulled as up, you were saying, yeah. 24-7 and we're like, oh, yeah. we'll go in. And so we rock up. And we knock on the door and we see like three people there. And like one just lady sort of out. just standing there behind the cashier. And we knock on the door again. She turns towards the door and she's like, we're closed. I'm like, <laughs> what? Huh? And I go to open yes. the door and her eyes like open up and she's like, we're closed. We're closed, please. <laughs> like, what? Firstly, How can why you is be the closed? sign Oz? Why yeah. are all of the lights on? And why are you behind the cashier? It, it was, <laughs> I don't know what was happening. <laughs> so anyway, we went to Taco Bell uh, and Instead, it was amazing my, because- I, We've never recovered. Our, our bellies have never recovered from that fateful evening. <laughs> it's when I got to experience for the first time a large American drink. Because I'm like, oh, I'm hungry. I'm going to get a large meal. And I didn't realize that they were going to bring me an industrial <laughs> a vat. bucket. Of Sprite. <laughs> they just walk it with a straw. Here you go, sir. <laughs> like, oh, thanks. Free refills, of course. <laughs> it provided me sustenance over my 14 days at Walt Disney World. <laughs> just had to sit anytime he got back to the hotel. But you know what is in a, a Taco sip. Bell? Blizzard Beach. Blizzard Beach. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we had to say get a get a bus to one of the resorts and then get another bus from that resort back to the Blizzard Beach or maybe we had to get a bus to Disney Springs. I believe it was Disney Springs. However, this was back in the time when they had the VIP bus. Do you remember that? It was the bus that would take you around like between oh, the, the parks. charge bus? No, this was like, the, it wasn't there last time we were there, but you couldn't get from a theme park to another theme park. So when I last went, if you went to the Magic Kingdom, you could get the monorail to Epcot, but you couldn't get a bus to any of the other theme parks or anything like that. Ooh. So you meant to park hop? Well, they used to- Go to a hotel? Yeah, you would have to go back to a hotel and then go from there. So you would like usually head to either the Contemporary or you would head to Grand Floridian or something like that. Whatever's close, yeah. or you would go to the TTC, but you, you just couldn't go from one park to another. That was oh, including, weird. like, if you went to Animal Kingdom, you couldn't do that. But they used to have the VIP bus, which was basically you'd rock up, and it just did a round circle of the parks. They don't have that anymore. I just thought it was strange. Hmm. That was good. I'm probably misremembering this. I, I remember somebody <laughs> talking about it, but uh, it seems to be that everything I experienced at Walt Disney World was false and I made up. <laughs> Or you just got really unlucky somehow, oh, like a hundred percent. But so we're you, you, talking the one about- day you tried to do it, the, the bus broke down or something, yeah. and then you're like, "Well, it doesn't exist anymore. It's just not there. It doesn't exist." <laughs> so Blizzard Beach opened on April first, nineteen ninety five. Now I don't know my seasons that well, even the ones that we have here in Australia. But if I if if my geography is here right, this is sort of leading into summer. Yeah, so spring. Yeah. So, yep. shall uh, I'll give a, a little brief description of Blizzard Beach. So oh, let's say we love that description. Yeah. Ooh, so you're walking Deep story, in. Ooh, I heard. I'm walking, walking in, in mm-hmm. uh, and then you look out over there, and very similar. Uh, there's a big mountain, and it's a <laughs> snowy mountain. You're like a snowy huh? mountain. I'm in Florida. In- I don't think there's snow in Florida. Well, Luke, uh, I'm going to tell you a secret. Yeah. It's not snow. Uh, it's, it's a lie. Disney's lying to you. <laughs> no, so you go in here and it's it's all themed around like a, a ski resort. So everything's yeah. looks like a lodge. It, they've got like icicles and everything that's melting. And that sort of gives the context as to the story, which I will now provide. Because the, the story couldn't simply be that this is themed to a ski resort, right? Oh, no. No, no, no. too no. simple. Goodness, no. This opened in 1995. Michael Eisner was still CEO. So I'll give the <laughs> two paragraphs. They kind of condensed it from the three paragraphs that they provided before. <laughs> the story behind Blizzard Beach has been told for a long time. I don't know if it has. Is 19, 1995 is a little bit ago. 
Not yeah, that that's it's uh, 26 years, I guess. That's true. That's almost as old as me. But there was a freak <laughs> snowstorm, something very rare in sunny Florida. Mm. Almost yep. instantly, a ski resort just sprung up. This is fair play for, uh, <laughs> for the so resort. Not, alone, not only did it, did it snow, with the snowstorm fell an entire ski resort. <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining sort of a play on the fact that Florida is the place that would do that. Like if like a if touristy it was snowing, trap just instantly is like, give us money, mm. come on in, yeah. So it had iceberg walkways and toboggan slides. Trouble was, as the weather returned to normal, the resort began to melt away. What could be yep. done to preserve this rare and fun zone? Wandering by the area, an enterprising alligator made a quick decision to seize the opportunity, and he slid down the ski jump without snow while shouting all the way and the <laughs> fun started right then and there your family can have the same amount of fun that their entrepreneurial alligator had by trying out the toboggan slides the water slide for big kids and the other attractions in this well-loved disney theme park here at disney's blizzard <laughs> beach and Dom, of course, we can't forget the alligator. We better we better refer to him by his official name. Oh, please. Ice Gator. Excuse me, what? Ice Gator. Ice. Oh. <laughs> can you? Can I like leave the podcast? <laughs> I do, what? We got our two boys, Laguna Gator, and Ice Gator. Ah, oh, cool. Very. Is Laguna neat. Gator actually a pun? Laguna Gator's not bad, but Laguna Gator? Laguna Gator sounds like a disease. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it's an American thing we don't get. Let us ask, know if it is. Ask Bobby after this. <laughs> Boy, so, what's Laguna Gator mean? We'll, we'll jump through these. Now, this is sort of laid out differently. Instead of just being like, attractions, they sort of split it up into the different slopes, and those slopes then yeah. determine, you know, whether some things are a little bit more uh, intense than really? others, which looking at yeah. these, I can't figure out. I think the green slopes... Are the intense ones and the purple slopes aren't? I'm trying to figure this one out yeah. on the fly, and I'm, I can't I'm not figure it out. Doing too well. I think it might just be a name, a way to name different areas. Like instead of you know, Tomorrowland, they've got the green slopes, and instead of Fantasyland, they got the purple uh, slopes. But the, now, the, the, this, this as well, yeah, has another wrap around, um, Lazy River. A bob along. It, it obviously, <laughs> it obviously not- did. That's why I couldn't remember because I was thinking, what's it called again? A bob along? Um, this one has like 10, ten, a ridiculous amount of places you can get off. They've obviously learned from Typhoon Lagoon that it works hmm. because it wraps around the entire park pretty much on the outside. There's a handful of attractions outside it, but most of them in this one are inside the ring of the Lazy River rather than Typhoon Lagoon where they're outside the ring of the Lazy River. Mm. And there is a whole lot of peas around this uh, Lazy River and not the little green types. Uh, what are peas? They're polar patios. They're I just like, if you look at the map. Up charges. Ooh. Like it's where fancy you know those, people stay. Yeah, the water parks, how they always have those little pagoda, little, not pagoda. Um, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. They're like gigolo. Uh, bungalow. Bungalow. <laughs> Jigolo, the bungalow, <laughs> Jigolo in the bobalong. <laughs> very oh. different park if you could hire a gigolo while you're bobbing well, along. That's at Universal. That's not Disney. <laughs> so I guess we should like this is very similar. It's it's another water park. I would say, even though I remember this one better, uh, it's it's good. That's about it. It's just good. <laughs> yeah. I kind of, I think I prefer Typhoon Lagoon, but there's some really cool, unique stuff at this park um, mm. as well. And I think the most unique one is they have a chairlift. Yeah. That so you like can use to get up to lift. the slides instead of having to use, you know, instead of having to walk up to the, up the top of them, you can use a chairlift. Mm. And the chairlift has this really cool thing where... It's purely for theming. When the restraint 
lap bar comes down, underneath the chairlift comes out a set of skis. Yeah. Just so it looks like you're skiing. It's purely there for looks and to be cool. Like, it doesn't do anything with mm. the chairlift. It's just like a neat. Somehow this has been here. Yeah, this opened in 1995. It's been here for almost 26 years. Mm. And I've never heard this chairlift having an accident, but it seems like every week now we're hearing the Disney Skyliner is crashing <laughs> into itself. Yeah. So I think whoever this made this, we should probably <laughs> bring them along. But I do remember this. I remember this being great because I just love yep. anything where you can get a different perspective. Uh, it, it's like when you yeah. fly around Walt Disney World uh, on Flight Simulator, which we did in a video and it did awfully. <laughs> I think it's also the thing where you don't even, even if you don't want to go on a water slide. So say you go with your family mm. and you don't like to get wet or whatever it is. You just like to watch your kids, you know, flash around or go on slides and stuff like that. You yeah. can still just go on this. It is an actual attraction for people who don't want to get wet, which is incredibly rare in a water park. A hundred percent. And in saying that, this park, I don't remember too many of the slides and all that. I remember some of the slides at Typhoon Lagoon. There is one yeah. slide that I remember, which was like a really wide one, which went down the back of the mountain. I think it's number 10 or it's... No, it's number 12, so it's one of the uh, runoff rapids is what yeah. I remember. But beyond that... You get a tube, yeah. There's, the... a, there's one that I remember a lot, mm. and I never went on it because I was too scared. But number five, Summit Plummet, which is designed... As you walk into the park, oh, yeah. you see this massive ski lift on top of Mount Gushmore which is the name of the mountain that the park is built on, but we'll leave that there. So Summit Plummet is designed to look like a giant ski ramp. So you see guests go down and then it has this effect where they disappear into mm. a mountain, essentially inside the mountain, but a little spurt of water goes off the top of the ramp. Yeah. So if you just catch it out the corner of your eye, it looks like the park has just launched a guest, <laughs> like across the park. It's a very cool effect. I, I remember mm. not doing this as well. It oh, I was petrified of it because it's, it's like, it says here that it's one of the tallest and fastest body slides in the world. And it sounds like it will give you the world's biggest wedgie. Oh, so yeah. So I didn't do it. <laughs> Have you ever seen that water slide at Dubai that, like, takes you through a tunnel full of... Oh, yeah. It's like an Aztec theme park. You sort of go into a tube and then it's a clear tube and you go under, like, sharks and stuff. Which yeah. I've always thought, like, who's opening their eyes on water slides? Because <laughs> it's just, like, getting assaulted with yeah, spray and <laughs> mist. You're like, oh, this is great. <laughs> like, when it gets under your eyelids and you're like, ooh, water parks. <laughs> are fun i will say uh, this is one of those water parks where because we did this second in the day yeah. i do remember coming here i don't think we like, did everything either no i i also remember like getting in the wave pool and being like oh kind of wish i was at typhoon lagoon that wave yeah. pool was fun <laughs> the few things i do um there's number seven team boat springs i remember this because you just get put with a random group you have to have, like, it's a huge raft slide, mm. but you have to have, like, four to six people. Oh, so wow. I remember if you go with a group of two, you just get chucked with randoms, which I, we had fun randoms with us, so that was fine. Mm. Um, but that ride is incredibly long for a water. It's, like, three minutes, which for a water slide is really long, but it's also kind of boring. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I'm i going to say something risky here. Um <laughs> I think that water slides are very similar to fireworks shows where most of the time the only thing you remember is the ending, which is the most yeah. exciting part often. So the it's like really down. long water slides are like, we, we, and then they'll <laughs> usually have like a and you're like, whoa, yeah. and then that's, you're like, wow, <laughs> I ended on an exciting note, so I had a really good time. That's like, yeah, that is basically... Fireworks shows where it's like whenever you see like a, a rural fireworks show, for example, I went and saw one recently and the first minute you're like, yeah, fireworks. And then you hit a point where you're like, oh, cool. 
And then usually yeah. at the end, it's as if someone tripped over and fell on the trigger and everything goes off at once. And you're like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few. Yeah. I like water slides, but as I said, even I like water parks and I went like three or four times yeah. in the entire time I lived. At, I think I've done a full day at Typhoon, a full day at Blizzard Beach, and then the day where we did both in one. That's yeah. it. So it shares a lot. Um, there's a the few other things. There's a, a mat slide, um, mm. or as we call them the something whackers. <laughs> gentlemen, you'll know what we're talking about. The gentlemen whackers. <laughs> uh, you can get some air and get some landings. And then there's the other one I re- kind of remember is there's like a two-person racing slide where you verse like a friend in a tube. Do you remember this? And it's themed to like a ski race. Oh, is it's, this um, the, the downhill, downhill double, double dipper? dipper. Yeah, it's always got a huge queue because it literally has the two slides. Mm. And it is a race, but on a tube. But it's, yeah, themed to be, you know, like a slalom course, Oh, and if I remember correctly, they have, like, a a thing at the end that's your time? The scoreboard, yeah. Yeah. Of the times and who won. And that's kind of it. I think there's also a, a part, the number three there, uh, Ski Patrol Training Camp. There's, like, a mm. part where you can walk across wobbly pieces of ice. Yeah. And that's about all I remember from this park. Yeah. Should we go through and see if we can find any dumb names? Well, not uh, dumb well, names. I, they're silly names. Yeah. So we could. Uh, I've got about, one here. Number yeah. 13. The Lotta Water Lodge. Which I think <laughs> Lotta means. Lotta Water Lodge. Lotta Water. It works better with an Australian accent. Lotta, Lotta Water Lodge. Water. Uh, we've got, of course, Freddy. Frostbite Freddy. Mm-hmm. Um, have a lunch. Oh, <laughs> icy expeditions, <laughs> which only just remembers the bloody Futurama icy wiener. Like that's all I remember. Any time I see icy, um, and then th- th- this one just isn't trying to hide what it sells: the Polar Pub. Oh yeah. Well, that's it's I was really confused because if you look, it's like park rules. The following are strictly prohibited: alcohol. And then you walk in there and it's like, oh, yeah, we sell alcohol. Just don't bring it in. <laughs> you this can't is, bring it this in. This is our oh, alcohol. <laughs> um, they actually have two merchandise locations here, though. Mm. They have the Beach House. Mm. And then they have a store that literally just sells Javiana flip flops or thongs. <laughs> Whenever you, I Depending know what the reaction. You're from. That if you're like, they just sell thongs for us. It's like, yeah, we know what a thong is. But in the US, whenever you say thong, they're like, oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I we've kind of left the worst to last, but it's still a yeah. fun park. Like, I still enjoy this. The theme's kind of cool, how it's this snow resort. Uh, hmm. Especially, it's got that weird thing where, sure, in the middle of wind, uh, summer, you're probably like, uh, it's throwing me off. It's throwing me off. The theming's throwing me off. But it's well-themed. And th- both of these are incredibly well-themed for water parks. You don't really see theming in water parks that much. It's kind of this, these two in Typhoon Lagoon, <laughs> Volcano Bay at Universal. That's kind of it. Yeah. There's not many other super well-themed water parks in the world. Yeah, they're they're just good fun to go to. I'd say it's Mm. one of those things that if you had restricted time, do not sacrifice a park day for these. However, if you've got ample time, like if you've got two weeks at Walt Disney World, you probably don't need like every single day to be at a theme park. Just go to the water parks. You can regulate yourself. They're usually not as quiet. Uh, sorry, they're not as crowded, so you can just yeah. go there and just chill out and relax. And that's what I remember is when we went there, it, it was up, a relaxing yeah. time. Yeah, I, I feel it's that thing. It's perfect for if you're doing a 10-plus day trip, mm. pick one of the water parks. Don't even pick both like we did. Pick one of the water parks. Do it on, like, your fifth, sixth, seventh day at the resort. But just get up at, like... 10, 11 o'clock in the morning, get to the park just after lunch, eat mm. lunch at the park to start your day, spend a few days there, a few hours there, and then go have dinner at Disney Springs and head back to your hotel. You know, do a, a, 
it's one of those days where you're not doing a ton, but it still feels more satisfying than that whole, well, I've paid $20,000 to be here with my family. I need to make the most out of every day. Yeah. It's a good way to just unwind while still doing something. I listened to something interesting, which was uh, Len Tester, who is, he runs touring plans, (laughs) and he was saying that his rule for theme parks is two days on, one day off, which I'm like, I can dig that, especially as I start to get older. Must be nice if you're not international. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. I think as an international, you're like, oh, taking me $2,000 just in flights, let alone everything else. Yeah, I'm not coming back anytime soon. Yeah. But I guess there are sometimes like when we went to Walt Disney World where we could just do everything and everything was so available that it was nice to have these rests. Two weeks, pretty much. I was there for, I I think, 13 days. Yeah. And we did the 10 park days and then we did this for a day and then a few other bits and bobs. Mm. But I think that wraps it up. Any final thoughts on the water parks? I think, yeah, they're fun. As we're saying... Don't feel the need to like, well, I've only got eight days at the resort. I need to make space for these. Mm. But the the perfect add-on for a day, and I would say if you can only do one, I would probably do Typhoon Lagoon. Yeah, same. Yeah. There we go. Cool. That'll do it. That concludes (laughs) this week's episode. Mm. I should probably do it properly. I, I always, like, second-guess myself as we hit this point. That concludes this week's episode of Review Time's Theme Podcast. If you would like to get into contact with me about anything that we've discussed in this week's episode, you can reach me at ReviewTimeDom on Twitter. I'm at ReviewTimeLuke. And you can reach us both at Time Review or Review Time everywhere else. You can also email us. That's how a lot of people get into contact with us now. Yeah. Uh, pretty straightforward, just our names. Mine is the short name, Dom at ReviewTime.com, and Luke is Luke at ReviewTime.com. Fairly straightforward. <laughs> uh, next week, what what do you think we're talking about, Luke? I think we haven't done an attraction for a while, so we might be doing... No, we did one last week. Yeah, we? that's true. No, no we haven't no, done no, one for no, a while. No. <laughs> yeah, we haven't done one for a while. I can't remember. Probably an attraction. We'll find out together next week. When are we going to do our 80-parter of Disney Sea? <laughs> well, we, this is episode 45, so in a few episodes' time, we got a real special one coming up. Uh, episode 50, going to be special, so make sure you tune into that. But after episode 50, I reckon we'll, we may start episode 51. Maybe the start of the end for this podcast because that's all it's going to be till the end of time. (laughs) Wonderful. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Review Time's theme podcast is brought to you by Luke Carroll and Dom Lacey. A big shout out goes to our newest patron, Alex Haffenden Blendemer, and long-term Patreons, Kevin Kaiser. And to you, the listener. Review Time's theme podcast will be back next week.